Hello and a very warm welcome to the Organist Encores. This is Robert Hope Jones at the microphone, yes, you heard that correctly, coming to you all the way from Hong Kong. I'm standing in for Damon this week, who kindly offered me the chance to host this week's show. Now, regular listeners have probably already noted that the show's signature tune was missing during the introduction and replaced with Dudley Bevan playing the 3-8 Wurlitz in the Granada Cinema Clapham Junction. Why, you might ask? Well, in this show, I'm only allowing instruments of ten ranks and below as we explore those small wonders of the theatre organ world. You know, those instruments that pack a punch well above their rank size, or simply stand out with the help of players who know how to get the best out of these mighty mites. It's hard to imagine that during the short period that the theatre organ enjoyed its heyday, in the US alone there were some 90 individual manufacturers producing instruments of various sizes and quality. Some of these companies produced one or two instruments, while others, like Wurlitzer, made upwards of 2,000. Many were destined for smaller neighbourhood theatres with lower budgets, so it comes as no surprise that the bulk of manufacturing was made up of smaller instruments. Clearly not all instruments were as successful as some, and success, however you want to define it, could be determined by organ specification, wind pressure, tonal finishing, chamber size and position, not to mention the room's acoustics. Now if there was ever a doubt about the possibilities contained within one of these smaller jobs, just listen to what a two-manual, ten-rank Wurlitzer can do in clever hands.
Billy Strayhorn's Take the A-Train. George Wright, of course, seated at the powerful Wurlitzer in the Rialto Theatre, Pasadena, USA, and a 1966 recording dispelling any notions that small instruments don't cut it. Now, over in the UK, it was John Compton who led the charge to the top of the theatre organ totem pole with over 261 cinema installations. Dipping into his classical organ-building heritage, a remarkable lineup of smaller theatrical instruments were created that concealed real clout, and very likely designed that way to beat off any attempt by North Tonawanda to step on Compton's turf. Here is Ron Curtis demonstrating just how deadly a three-manual, six-rank Compton could be with this arrangement of Love Is. Curtis unleashing some Compton wrath into the rafters, demonstrating how Hope Jones's unit organ concept could turn a little of a good thing into something remarkable. Now back in the US, Wurlitzer was king, but there was strong competition. Robert Morton was second in the pecking order with almost 900 theatre installations. 
One thing is for sure though, their organs could sure pack a punch. Of course, it isn't always power that makes an instrument successful or even enjoyable. It's about character, balance, and the ability to go from something lyrical and singy to a roar in a snap. Now, who better to demonstrate the lyrical than Buddy Cole on his first residence organ, a 3-9 Robert Morton. Sleepy Lagoon, Buddy Cole, from his dreamy 1948 album, Moonlight Moods. Now while we're in the US, let's go over to Detroit to the Redford Theatre to hear a really punchy 310 Barton. I believe Barton built around 300 theatre organs, making it the fifth largest builder in the States. And here, to bring out the best in this small Barton wonder, is John Lauter.
John Lauter with his breezy arrangement of I Wish I Were in Love Again. Now, while smaller organs are generally better suited to less grand venues, some notable installations in the UK showed how a small lyrical instrument can really sing out in a spacious room. One such instrument was the Rex Cinema in Stratford, London, a style EX special with two manuals and seven ranks of pipes that was perfectly paired when David Shepherd sat down at the console. Here is a masterclass in arrangement, impeccable use of limited resources, and how less is definitely more.
Castles in Spain from David Shepard's 1972 album The Stratford Sound. Now from one perfect pairing to another. The exceptional 3-8 Compton plus melatonin in the ABC Plymouth fitted Dudley Savage like a fine Savile Row suit. Now I am cheating here a little bit by overlooking the melatonin unit and its additional electronic ranks. Cutting edge in its day and in the hands of Mr. Savage, it casts a dreamlike foil across the air, making everything in the world seem okay just for a while. While Compton was the largest builder of theatre organs in the UK, Hill, Norman and Beard's Christie brand wasn't far behind. And like Compton with its classical organ heritage, they made good use of their reed-making expertise. Of all the UK brands that were capable of blowing the back doors out of a theatre with a small organ, it was Christie.
Wow, that was Nigel Ogden firing up the 3-8 Rank Christie in the Astra Theatre, Londudno, Wales. That tune, of course, was I'm Beginning to See the Light from Nigel Ogden's immortal 1983 album Astra. Well, I'm beginning to hear again after that, and that was just eight ranks. Surely some of the very best in-theatre organ sounds committed to tape. The Christie was removed from the theatre to storage but reportedly destroyed in a fire. Luckily the COS captured the magic of that instrument and they've re-released that album, now available as Astra Reborn, with some previously unreleased tracks. Where do we go from there? Hmm, how about a mixture of Wurlitzer, Kimball, Gottfried, Robert Morton and some harmonies to die for? was Jim Melander playing It's Magic 
from his 1960s concert recording label album Once in a Dream at Jack Lenwood's residence hybrid organ. I came across this album on eBay and it was one of those releases that just has you asking why have we not heard more of Jim on the theatre organ scene? There's nothing quite like the spine-tingling sound of a large theatre organ in a big room, especially if it's an ooey-ooey sounding one, such as the 436 Wurlitzer in the Fox San Francisco. But how well do these small wonders fare in such cavernous environments? I'm going to leave that to Mark Laughlin to demonstrate on the 37 Compton plus Melatone in the St John Vianney Church, Clay Hall.
What dreamy sounds there coming out of the chambers and the Compton Melatone horn. Mark Laughlin playing Howard Ramsey's Her Name is Mary. Did you ever hear such a sympathetic combination of organ and building in the UK? I don't think I have. Well, after all that ooeyness, it's time for Brian Rodwell, a.k.a. the Governor, to show off a similar-sized Compton in a more intimate acoustic. Brian's jazz arrangements are legendary, from virtuoso solos to full ensembles that just jump out and take you by surprise. If you need your theatre's roof blown off in style, he's your man.
Brian Rodwell at the 3A Compton in the Capital Cinema Aberdeen. <laughs> John Compton's electric action there, keeping up valiantly there, as Brian Rodwell unleashed all his fingers on one of his stylish trumpet and tuba solos. Well, we open the show with a snappy intro from one of the UK's iconic small wonders, the 3-8 Wurlitz in the Granada Cinema, Clapham. Let's go back into the auditorium now, take a seat and soak up the lush stylings of Jackie Brown playing If I Had You during a live concert recording. Wow, Jackie Brown there extracting every single ounce of emotion from that 3-8 Wurlitzer in the Granada Cinema, Clapham Junction. Well, I hope you've enjoyed this short exploration of some of the organ builders who knew how to draw out the most from the least. There are, of course, a lot more brands who also produce some remarkable small wonders, but there just wasn't enough time to fit any more into the programme. Well, I think Damon will be back at the microphone next week. On that note, it's been a real pleasure being with you. This is Robert Hope Jones, signing off. (laughs) ¶¶